0: Hey, everyone. Uh, I had an opportunity to uh, interview one of my guests the other day, David Tal from the IDF, uh, because of what had happened in Lebanon with the bombing there and other things that are going on in Israel that we are distracted here in the United States because of coronavirus and other things going on. But we need to pay attention to what's going on over there in the Mideast in Israel. Had an opportunity with David. I took advantage of it. And I'm going to share this with you right now. God bless. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, guess what? Um, I am here in California. Uh, my friend David Tal is in Israel. Actually, he's at the Haas Promenade overlooking Jerusalem from the south. And uh, just recently, uh, we're going to be talking about this. Just the other day, it was David, uh, in the north, uh, north of Israel, in Lebanon there was uh, just, it it was um, this bomb that happened. And we in America are trying to figure out what it was. And uh, it's a balagon, as you would call it. Uh, So fill us in. What's going on up there?
1: Well, first of all, first of all, hi, top. It's nice to be back. (laughs) Um, And, um, well, A explosion broke out in the port of Beirut, Beirut port, a lot of warehouses. And in one of the warehouses, uh, there was a huge explosion. The movies made it look like a nuclear explosion. I mean, literally you saw this kind of balloon cloud going up and, and it devastated, uh, you know, for blocks and blocks around. The the blast was actually felt in Cyprus, which is a couple hundred miles away. So um, what they're saying is that a fertilizer, Warehouse, a warehouse that had fertilizer inside, they're talking about something like 2,000 tons or 27,000 tons of fertilizer exploded and devastated most of the port of Beirut. Um, There was a small effort to kind of connect Israel to it, but I think very, very quickly everybody realized that it's not Israel. There's two main reasons that it's not Israel. First, Israel said it wasn't. And second, Israel has never pulled off any kind of attack against any of our enemies that has that kind of collateral damage. Israel would never do that. I mean, we're talking about last time I heard the count was something like 200 people dead and and thousands wounded. Israel doesn't do things like that. So, Which is interesting because if you want to know who pulls off an attack, look and see how many innocent people are killed. Usually if none or very few, that means it's an Israeli attack.
0: Yeah. In fact, one of the very first questions I had, I, you know, because they started coming in from everywhere. There's so many different video clips from phones that people had, and it looks looked like it was massive. And um, But I did tell someone, first answer I gave out of everyone who was sending me notes was, I don't think this is Israel because the footprint of destruction is just too big. I said, Israel is the best in the world at limiting uh, casualties, period. And I said, they also have the ability to, to inflict great damage without killing anybody, just through technology. And I said, it doesn't make sense to me. I said, if I was looking at it, and if it was done by uh, an enemy of whatever was going on there, I said, I don't, do not think it's Israel. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't fit their, their way of operation. Um, But also, when you look at it, um, Hezbollah has a foothold in the north, don't they, in in Lebanon?
1: Well, Hezbollah is more or less running Lebanon, and Iran is more or less running Hezbollah. And they have been accumulating arms, weapons, explosives. There's an ongoing rumor that maybe this is a Hezbollah warehouse that wasn't taken care of correctly and there's a lot of anger in Lebanon against the Hezbollah right now that they're they're like running the show and look what happened under their watch. So um though Israel's not to blame, I think the Hezbollah is gonna take a little bit of a backlash and I gotta uh, tell you Truthfully, I feel really sorry for the Lebanese. Yeah. I mean, ever since Iran has kind of settled in there, their economy has gone to the ground, uh, the situation there is terrible. Uh, there was a whole story about them buying some crude oil that didn't work, so they didn't have electricity. I mean, it, it, the whole thing is like falling apart. And maybe this is a good place to say that um, our enemies are kind of losing it. I mean, at least the ones that used to be enemies up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the other enemies now, but that's a whole different story.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot that is going on there. Yeah, Hamas is still a problem in uh, Gaza and the West Bank, aren't they?
1: Yes, and uh, actually, in in the middle of the corona, all of a sudden, two rockets came out of Gaza a couple of days ago, and it's just like. The feeling here is that it's not going to end. On the other hand, our enemies can't really get that together. So Hamas is becoming – I'm not going to say it's not a problem, but it's less of a problem. Uh, Lebanon, Hezbollah is becoming less of a problem. Our main issues right now are basically a little bit further out. Turkey, Iran, Soviet Union to a certain extent, but, yeah. You know, we can go prophetic here
0: if you want to do. Well, uh, let me do that for just a second. I know we're almost out of time, but indeed, you look at Ezekiel chapter 38 and chapter 39, you do have, as Russia, Turkey, and Iran are coming against Israel in the future from the north, just so happens that Uh, Russia is staged up there in Syria, which is right next to Lebanon, much bigger than Lebanon, uh, just on the northern border of Israel. You have them working with Iran. Turkey still kind of does their own thing, but we know biblically they're going to form that alliance. We also know uh, some of the places from Africa are going to be joining in and coming from the south, and that is what the Bible does teach. Um, I find it interesting also, David, that Iran, uh, formerly known as Persia, or also known as Persia, throughout the history of Israel was favorable to the Jews, if you go way back into Israel's way past of the Old Testament. Um, But you look into the future, and the Bible tells us in the last days, Persia is not going to be favorable towards Israel, and that is exactly what has happened. Uh, Iran or Persia t- had turned that corner several years ago and it's been threatening Israel and, and the destruction of Israel and the end of Israel ever since. And you guys live under that threat all the time
1: we live under a lot of threats. And, and don't forget, we're Jewish. We know how to live under threats. But I will remind you that has had a lot love-hate relationship. I mean, open up the Book of Esther, and you can see that we didn't always get along with the Persians. I mean, you know, there was almost a, a genocide that took place there. But uh, before I finish the Lebanese thing, I want to add one more thing that I think is important. Uh, the first thing that Israel did after the explosion in Peru is offered to send equipment search and rescue teams medication field hospitals and all of the hospitals in Israel actually publicly declared that we would take patients from the the, the disaster so no matter whether we agree or I mean again we've had a, a very harsh uh, relationship with the Lebanese over the last couple of years but the first thing that Israel did when something like this happened is open up all of our resources and all of our capabilities and some of them are substantial and offer them to the Lebanese people. Uh, as of now, I haven't heard of anything accepted, but that is a part of who we are. Yeah.
0: I think it's amazing, you know, and uh, one of the things I've noticed about Israel, for a long, long time it's just that even when you're dealing with some of the terrorist incidents that have come out of the West Bank or Gaza in the past, still taking people into the hospitals in Jerusalem, the Jewish hospitals in Jerusalem, and uh, healing these people, you know, and looking at it. But Israel's always been that way. And you're living under a threat. Um, I want to say this too, we've got to cut out here in just a second, we're out of time. But in Psalm 122, the Bible does tell us, this is God's command, uh, is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God says, God tells people to pray for the peace of his city. I find that fascinating, and I will say this, for anybody who ever wants to go to Israel with us, I'm assuming travel's going to pick up eventually, and we're going to be able to do some tours with you, in the land of Israel, one thing I've always noticed this, David, is no matter what, when you land at the Ben-Gurion airport in Tel Aviv, you, if you're coming from America, you can experience a peace that you can't quite explain. You know, you know Israel's under all these threats, but all of a sudden you just feel like, wow, I've never experienced a peace quite like this before anywhere, certainly not a home in America where I live. It, uh, it's really fascinating. It is God's land. Jerusalem is God's city. He says it's the apple of his eye. And uh, uh, so he, he is the protector of Israel. And also one last thing, Ezekiel 39, when Russia, Turkey, and Iran come against Israel, God defeats the enemy and God is the one who gets the glory for protecting uh, his people, Israel. So any final words? Well, until that happens, let's hope the
1: Corona balagan
0: is going to be over, and we're going
1: to see more of you back here. I mean, it's empty out here. Guys, come on over. Yeah. We missed you. all.
0: Yeah. As, soon, as soon as they let us all fly again, I can't wait to be. I can't wait to be there with you. Uh, looking forward. We do have a trip in 2021 planned, and um, uh, looking forward to see you. Hopefully, I'll see you even before then in the land of Israel. Thank you very much, David Tao, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon.